0: This is episode 64 of Caucus Talk, your source for culture, history, and tourism in the North Caucasus mountains of Russia. I'm your host, Andrew.
1: And I'm your host, Eli. And this time I have a cold. I'm just going to let it go. Just let it slide. We are breaking ground, new ground today. Yes. We are making history. We've already made history several times on our podcast. <laughs> Lots of history has been made to ourselves. Yes. Um this today's history is that we are recording together in Mahachkala. Live. Live from Mahachkala, <laughs> pre-recorded in the apricot slash caucus talk
0: recording studio. Yes. This is amazing. It's I feel like it's symbolic of so many things. I'm not sure what, but
1: so. Andrew and his family came down for a Thanksgiving visit. Yes, and we had to squeeze in a little podcast recording. So, Andrew, welcome to Mahachkala.
0: Yeah, this is great. Um, I was in Mahachkala a long time ago, but very briefly. I really don't remember much of anything of my experience of the city. And I've traveled more through the region with our tour business, but mainly the mountains in their bent. So,
1: you um, you've only come back to the region in a long, like for a lot. In a long time recently. Yeah, this
0: year, 2019.
1: Was your first time back in
0: Dagestan in years? Yes, yes. Um, Yeah, so uh, I was really excited this trip to really get to know Mahachkala, the city.
1: All right, before we get into episode three of A Day in the Life and Day in the Caucasus Life, Andrew, I'm going to just, I'd like to interview you a little bit, just a little short uh, on your impressions of Mahachkala. Okay. All right, first question. Who is your favorite person living in Mahachkala? <laughs> Habib. Oh, <okay. laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, like anyone else. Um,
0: yeah. Somebody I met this really nice with? guy on the train when we came down here. His name was Mahach, actually. Oh, yeah. I know a guy named Mahach. <laughs> Does he speak English? or are Mahach? No, nope, he didn't. And he's not actually from Mahachkala. So
1: people may not know this. Mahachkala is named after a guy named Mahach. And I guess Kala means city of. All right. Yes. Um, admittedly, we've been, you know, hanging out with our family and kids intensively. And, but I would like to know, what were some of your first impressions, some of the things that are different from what you don't remember or do remember about the city? Yes. Well,
0: uh, definitely an immediate impression is, um, whereas you associate most of the Caucasus region with mountains, Mahatskala is on the coast of the Caspian Sea. So we've made, you know, two outings to the sea uh, with our kids, and that's really cool. I mean, it's a, it's a legit destination beach. Um, so I think that's really unique, uh, for one. And Dagestan is the only republic in the North Caucasus you can do that in. Absolutely. Um, not, you know, some may say Sochi's a part of the region, but... But let's be honest. It is geographically, but
1: culturally, not really. Yeah. Not only is Mahachkala not in the mountains, we are... About thirty meters below sea level here.
0: Oh wow! Okay. So if
1: you feel it under pressure, that's why.
0: Yeah, got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So that was one. Uh, another big one is uh, I forgot how big Mahachkala is. It's the biggest city by far in the North Caucasus. So living in the Caucasus, you just get, get used to traveling to smaller cities mm-hmm. and towns and villages. And Mahachkala, I mean, it's kind of, it's the metropolis of the North Caucasus. It's around 800,000 people, they say, the population. And we just
1: learned last night that in the last 20 years, it's like tripled in size or something. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, the actual city of Mahachkala, population-wise, it's larger than most of the other Caucasus republics. Chechnya has over a million inhabitants. So Chechnya is larger than Mahachkala. Cabardina, balkaria has about the same population as Mahajkala the city of Mahachkala. yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: which is the capital of Dagestan. So,
0: yeah, so, um, that has really struck me just how many people you know, and uh, just
1: being out and about, does it feel busy and crowded here? Absolutely,
0: yeah, for sure. But that's because we live in Pitigorsk, which is a much smaller city, you know, yeah, that's true, yeah. Um, so that's one, another is <laughs> I've Living in the Central Caucasus, I'm used to hearing different languages. But uh, only a few. Yeah, but being able to recognize most uh-huh. of them. Um, so, like, I'm at the point now where I can recognize Kabardian or Cherkess or Adig, you know, same language uh, group. <laughs> <laughs> I typically can recognize uh, the Vainakh languages, Chechen and Ingush. Mm. Um, I sometimes am able to pick out Balkar or Kardashian despite hearing it. A process of elimination. Yes. But, uh, I realize being down here, I've heard several different languages spoken on the streets, and I have no
1: idea what languages they are. Well, you're not alone. (laughs) I mean, you come, as we've, no, Dagestan, the translation is mountain of languages or mountains of tongues, and you've got minimum 45 to choose from. Yeah,
0: Yeah, and that, I think, in talking with people here, it does sound like Dagest- most of the inhabitants of Dagestan are Dagestanis. They're yes. from this region. Yeah, yeah. And so there, there's, it's not quite as mixed with the rest of the Caucasus nationalities as it is in the other republics.
1: So coming back here fresh, can you see tourists really coming here?
0: Well, they are coming here. So, yeah, absolutely, for sure. Booyah. Um, that was not a setup. Yeah, I mean, obviously Mahatskala is the entry point. Uh, I think it's a good starting point to the region. Um but yeah, the Mount the Mount there are just so many valleys and beautiful places in the mountains. And then Durbent has is a much more historic city than Mahatkala. But right. for sure. Yeah. Um any other impressions? This is a funny one I noticed. Uh and I it hit home in your courtyard. <laughs> so you guys have this amazing playground. It's kind of it's the center detailed. of activity between all these apartment buildings. But there's go. like ten Kind of retired men hanging out <laughs> in this kind of gazebo area, playing backgammon and just kind of shooting the breeze every day.
1: I'm surprised you didn't spend more time with them, Andrew. It <laughs> seems sort of like your people. Those are my people. <laughs> um Except I did they have mustaches. I did talk
0: don't. to the grandmas in your entry, entry well, way a couple of times.
1: The, the, everyone has to talk to them. Yes. It's a right of passions. Um <laughs> but
0: I noticed almost all of them have mustaches. Oh, that's right. And that is the more I think about it, it's very unique to Dagestan within the North Caucasus.
1: The details you would not otherwise know, people. <laughs> Andrew, nothing gets past Andrew. And
0: I'm, I don't really know why that is, but I was thinking about all the other republics. Typically, it's either with older men a beard or a clean shaven face. Or clean shaven, yep. Yeah. Um, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, Assetians. I feel like in Assetia, I've seen a good number of mustaches. There. <laughs> um, Send your emails to yes. podcast at <laughs> If, talk out, if out. that comment outrages you. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we got to figure that out. What's the deal with the Dagestani mustache?
1: So one possibility is there's, there's sort of like an old guard, new guard here. Um, we were talking with a tour guide, who, a local guy, who was commenting that the older generation, what was much less – um, they were traditional in a cultural sense, yeah, and gravitated toward their toward the, kind of the Soviet identity and, and their culture yep. in the Soviet Union. And then since the Soviet Union, there's been a resurgence in uh, religious uh, fervor, and so yep. the new kind of conservatism is a religious conservatism. And what he pointed out, which I didn't really appreciate, is how how Islam or religion in general how it it um, crosses over the boundaries, mm. the language and ethnic boundaries, because yeah. it becomes the number one priority. As long as you're in your community that is defined right. by Islam in this case, yeah, then the other things become secondary, whereas that was kind of flipped before. So uh. it could be those old guys more identify yeah. it in the Soviet way. And, you know, stashes, dude, seventies, eighties. <laughs> right. Yeah. And unfortunately hipsterism, all you hipsters out there should probably shave, <laughs> bring it
0: back, bring in the stash back. So, yeah, there's some observations. Um, what, how about your
1: wife? What are her impressions? Because she's never been here. Yeah. Their first trip. We need to get her outside of our It's apartment. dangerous when I start speaking with <laughs> my wife
0: have, <laughs> on the airwaves. We will get back to you with Christy's thoughts on Mahachikala.
1: <laughs> All right. Andrew, welcome to It has missed you. Yeah, thank you. And now there's one more American that people have met that they're going to confuse me with yeah are you that i didn't meet that many I thought people you were taller <laughs> anyway
0: yeah. so yeah it's good to be here um i'm excited to wrap up our mini series on daily life a day in the daily Caucasus life. i think
1: this is i think that's too many dailies but yeah, i think this those, is those a really fun it. little window and if nothing else it's just really helpful probably for us to kind of debrief our own daily experience. So what have we got on tap today? Cuz this one is going to be like, are you seriously podcasting about this topic? Yes.
0: <laughs> so exciting. So <laughs> mundane, but so, there's so much packed in there. So our first
1: episode of this miniseries, we talked about playgrounds. Playgrounds. Um and by the way, since then, uh, with more discussions, it has been concluded that the playground in front of my apartment is the best playground in the city. Oh, man, it's, it's amazing. It's and I, I actually think that's true. Yes. It's amazing. Our kids are going to miss that playground a lot. Yeah, man. So,
0: playgrounds, and then uh, we did one about public transport. We could even add to it
1: from this trip, but we'll just hold our time. Yes. There's always yes. more to add. And today, we're talking about getting things done. Or, as I like to say, not getting things
0: done. Getting her done <laughs> in the Caucasus. Specifically, two aspects of it. Standing in lines and papers or documents.
1: Everyone who lives or has interfaced with Russia yes. from the outside yeah, just is- took a big, deep breath or rolled their eyes or laughed. <laughs> Every, that got, I felt the emotional reaction it, ripple through the ether.
0: Yeah, I th- we have a good number of local listeners. We have uh, several expats who live in country, who have lived here before, who listen Anybody who's spent time in Russia is
1: going to appreciate this one. But we can guarantee you this is not going to be a gripe fest because we are your source for positive news. So this will be short. No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So um, I have
0: come up with a proper etiquette uh, handbook. Or guide, proper etiquette guide to how to stand in line. No, in
1: seriously, I was looking over this and I'm like, this is really like, <laughs> this is quality. This will, this should sell for money. <laughs> These tips are legit. So listen up. I, you know what? I would, I am
0: happy to give this information away for free. This is good free advice. All right. Good free advice, yes. but it was hard earned. Yes. So um, in Russia. And in the Caucasus, um, when you need to get something done, whether it's paying bills, uh, getting <sighs> some <sighs> kind of, you know, going to the doctor's office, anything.: Yeah, you typically have to stand in line. Um, and so there's a whole process to this that Eli and I have uh, learned by mistake, trial by fire. Um, but when you get it down,
1: I think we've learned to manage our expectations. I've definitely improved my expectations. I will be the first to say I do not feel I have line standing down, but let's, <laughs> let's discuss.
0: Okay. So uh, let's say for me, one of the most common situations where I'm standing in line is when I go to pay bills. Um, so uh, let us say, first off, in Russia, they love papers and, and documents.
1: When you say bills, you're not talking about like your Macy's card or you're talking about utilities. Yes. Yes.
0: And so there, are, there is functionality now within Russia to pay stuff online. Oh, yeah. Um, you can do it through your, like, the app. I have an app with the local bank, Sparebank. Uh, you can set up online pay.
1: It's nice when you have a monopoly. I actually, I'm sorry,
0: you might laugh at this, but I put all our bills online at one point, and then I told Christy, I think I need to go back to the traditional way of doing it. I need the papers.
1: You... <laughs> you've been I'm you've old assimilated
0: i've i don't know if i've russianized or what
1: but it it just felt insecure I've, or like
0: it didn't really happen part of it is in russia your fail safe is having the document to prove you got oh it done
1: oh man yes so you know what comes to mind you know in the movie the little mermaid when <laughs> ursula uh, takes over the world and Triton, so she's got Ariel, she's turned like she yes. didn't she didn't get her legs, yeah. she, didn't, she didn't get the kiss, and so she drags her down to the sea, you know, and Trident shows up, um, the the dad. Yes. And Ursula stop and she's like, Ho oh, oh, ho oh. ho, we have a deal. And he takes his his Trident and he blasts the paper <laughs> and she holds up the contract and she gets <laughs> slammed against a rock, but like his blast won't go through the document because it's signed. <laughs> I think about that kind of a lot in Russia. That like, is the
0: power of a Russian. That is stamp. right
1: there. If it's got that blue stamp, <laughs> you can nuke that thing and it's not going anywhere. Can we
0: anywhere. link that clip into the show notes,
1: please? <laughs> All right. I'm going to make ai am going to have wow. that screenshot be the special graphic for this episode. That was amazing.
0: All right. So first thing we're going to do, we're going to talk about standing, just the standing in line process. And then the second part, we're going to talk about. Um, papers and stamps.
1: This let me just clarify. This is not a travel tip. This is not for people who need to come here like practical advice so much as a window into another world.
0: Yes, yes. So the standing in line piece. When you get to the line, let's say, um, like I often every month I go and pay our water bill. Um, so the first thing you do is you, you. You. It might be easy to assume <laughs> who the last person in line is. Error. Do not make that assumption. Um, ask, you have to ask who is the last person How mind. do you ask that? So there's two ways. One is kto mm-hmm. posledni, which literally translated as who is the last. Mm-hmm. And the second is kto
1: That one I'd never heard until yeah. I got here. Yeah, and people, people use both. And крайний is like the is like... Who's at the border? At the edge. Or the who's border. at the edge? Yeah. Who's at the uttermost? <laughs> it's kind of literary.
0: So that's the first thing you need to do. You need to identify immediately who the last person in line is because the second step is you tell them that you are behind them.
1: I'm now the cranny, all right, people? Yes. It's me.
0: And this is a good lesson in Russian grammar because you have to use the instrumental case. You do? Which is yazavami. Oh, yeah, yeah, Zavami, yeah. yeah. Or another thing uh, you can ask, instead of "topasledni." you can say, uh, if you look directly at the person, you can say, Zavami. Who's behind you? Yes, yes. So I actually, that helped me learn that case. Uh, for those who don't know the Russian language. Don't worry about it. The six <laughs> cases are brutal. But this is how
1: you learn a language, is in real life, you hear people... Say things you've never, ever, ever heard in any other context. You're like, what is that phrase? Yes. It's like, oh, and it's the word you. You might not understand the it's rule. just declinate, But you start saying it the right way. Oh. So, Like, I still don't know how to say how many children I have. <laughs> it doesn't matter what... I, it doesn't matter how I declinate oh, the, the word
0: that's, for. Uh, that's the...
1: How, does, how is that in English? Cetvera.
0: Yeah, chetvira But they
1: always... Anyway, let's not... <laughs> But I digress.
0: Numbers. Numbers. Ready to me. Okay. All right. So once you find out who the last person is in line, you have to tell them, I am behind you. Because what can happen is if you just stand there, if you assume your physical presence is the most important thing for being the next person. Error. What will happen is a person will come.
1: Just stand right in front
0: of you. They'll ask the group. And the person in front of you will say, yeah. And you're done. they'll say, Yazavami. And then you'll be like, wait a minute, I'm standing here, but there's no
1: witnesses. So you're saying if it wasn't said, it didn't happen. It has to be said. Then you handcuff yourself to the person who's last. (laughs) And you become, that's... that's, No, that's
0: the thing, though. You don't have to handcuff yourself. Uh, You
1: can wander around. Yes. So when you show up, there's not actually ever, usually, an actual line. (laughs) That's why I call it standing in mob more than standing in line. Yeah, which in some cases, that's nice. Like,
0: often there will be chairs in the room. Right. And so uh, often older folks will sit down, and you might think you're, like, you were the next person in line. Or, like, you'll, the person you're behind, you might think they're next in line, and then the person will get off the chair and go ahead of them. So
1: if you leave, like, what voids your, your griminess? Nothing, nothing. Nothing. If
0: you make that verbal contract uh-huh, agreement okay. with a person... And that's, this is what's funny. You know, uh, I had this happen a lot at the uh, city gas place. Uh, We bought a local apartment. We were trying to get all the documentation changed from the previous owners into our name. Oh, I do not envy you. And um, in that place often... People would be trying to figure out where the person went, who was behind them or ahead ahead of them. Who's just here? And all you know, it's there's always this funny language. Like there was this older guy who was here, and but I don't know where he is now. Or there was this lady, um, yeah. Wow. So, anyways, the the verbal contract is key. Um, Fascinating. So once you uh, take the last, uh, assume the last position in line. Yes, there's going to be others who get behind you, but uh, eventually, there's gonna a discussion is gonna start happening of who is has which place in line, especially in long lines when people mm-hmm. start getting impatient. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, discussion you you will find yourself trying to explain to people uh, each person's place in line, and it is hilarious.
1: And it's, it happens
0: in any context, and it matters <laughs> like
1: deeply. Yeah, um, so that's another point. But there's some exceptions to the rule here. Not everyone has to get in the criny position. That's right. Um,
0: and uh, this, we talked about some public transport, but moms with little kids or babies always have, they get a free pass right to the front
1: of so the line. So this is something we, when we first arrived in Russia, we had an infant and we're going to class in the university. And yeah. our, when our phonetics teacher was this wonderful, short-haired, tiny, feisty grandma lady. Uh-huh. And she would just, like, drill us on every sound. And then she would launch into these reveries and nostalgia-laden tales of Russia (laughs) and and life and culture and ice skating in Moscow with, with, like, glint wine and, you know, just these. (laughs) And uh, at one point, we told her we had to travel. And we told her, oh, no, no, she asked about lunch Uh because we didn't like going to the cafeteria and the university because we had to wait in line and she she like a dog bristling she like stood up and her eyes got big and she wow like, her, her hair bristled she's like you never wait in line if you have a child <laughs> i mean it was not like don't worry about it it was like this command and it's so hard for us as americans yeah because the line so we went to the university cafeteria after that we're like standing in line and we just couldn't Finally, we're like, "Let's do it! Let's do it!" We grabbed our each other's hands, like, "Go, go, go!" And we just like went to the front and budged in front of this other student. No one cared. No one batted an eye. I was like, "Of course, you have an infant."
0: That's awesome.
1: Oh, it was terrifying. So at the at the airport when we had to travel, we you know you don't you don't want to pinch your kid to make them cry, but like if they're crying, it's even better. (laughs) We just were like, we have a child, and we forget to feed
0: them lunch. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: that's awesome. Um,
0: I've seen this happen a lot. Uh, I have a very recent memory. So, um, and lots of people have led us to the front of the line with our kids. So I've experienced that a lot. And recently, uh, this was, um, a couple months ago. Uh, my wife actually, she broke her toe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, uh, so we went to like the local, uh, it's like an urgent care mm-hmm. place. And we were next in line, um, to basically to the check-in counter. Uh, to figure out, have her figure out our situation. And this dad shuffles up beside us, uh, holding his daughter who has a patch over her eye. And I was like, oh, no, what am I going to do? Did you have your kids? I have my wife with her broken toe waiting to get treated. And I have this dad with this. Oh. with his. It was probably a three or four-year-old with an eye patch on. Wow. And, oh, I was so torn. I was literally thinking, so many people have let me to the front of the line. What am I going to do right now?
1: When it counts. When your wife is in pain and she sees that. So what do you do?
0: I ustupated, which is the word for let the person go. Um, I just, you know, they took care of them quickly and then it was our turn. So it wasn't that big of a deal um but uh, i hope my you wife has forgiven right me um, i haven't heard about it her toe has healed up that's go. good yeah but anyways um no she doesn't do that stuff yeah i was feeling torn in that moment <laughs> so we that used to be a tactic of ours if we needed to get something we knew would take a while take we, a kid. we would take a kid absolutely yeah
1: um so yeah okay solutions to problems you never knew you didn't have that's what we're presenting but all those
0: problems can be washed away. This is a really key point. If you remain calm once you get to the front of the line and interact with the cashier or, like, the person responsible. This is my Achilles receptionist. heel, man. Yeah, this is, this is hard because you've been waiting in line. Often you're in line because you're trying to fix some problem. And, and
1: everyone's there for that reason. And they're all fomenting their co- their... Yes. The grievances with one another. That's
0: the, that lady usually is the face of the system, of the man. <laughs> Talk about shooting the messenger. And so usually the cashier or the receptionist, they have to fend off kind of the like just pent up anger and frustrations of people. And it's usually, it's often something that person themselves cannot fix. And you mean
1: the clerk actually? The, the clerk. Counter, has Often no they'll have
0: to send you some, to someone else, and the person will be like, they already sent me to that office and they told me to come to you. <laughs> and like,
1: <laughs> you did this and you don't do this. And you, per- what's your name? Olga, oh. you personally did this. And
0: I have really noticed many times those ladies really try hard to remain calm oh, and phew. to handle these complaints with dignity. But, it's like, being, like working in the airport. You know, the 27th time of the day, at some point, they give in and it, it, it can become a shouting match. Oh, yeah. And that's just, I always feel bad.
1: You feel bad for and all you parties feel, involved. But you totally get it. It's,
0: I really try hard to be respectful in those situations. And sometimes it might mean going to stand
1: in another line somewhere else, then coming back to their line. Well um, expectations are paramount. In, yes. in in all encounters, but especially in cross-cultural encounters, what's happening is a clash of expectations in, in the long and the short. That was the big thing for me was I used I used
0: to expect to go and fix get it, it, get it done quickly, and move on with my day. I mean, and I would put a time limit on it.
1: And that's where that was the biggest thing for
0: me was having an open ended morning just to deal with these things. So no, you know? we've
1: learned when we've moved to a new place, which we've done a few times. At the beginning, plan to get at most one thing done a day. Yeah, which and is, that may sound ridiculous, positive. but I'm talking like when you're new in a place, when your yeah. language is weak, when you don't know how to get around, just to get a SIM card. It's like block out the morning, <laughs> come back and pass out from exhaustion. Um, but your wife is really good. She is good at, at this. not only Russian, which helps, but like keeping her cool. Yeah, and just a quick anecdote because it was. This was burned in my memory. Our first month, you guys helped us a lot. Yeah. And in particular, we were just trying to send our kids to the local kindergarten. We had no clue what we were doing. How to how to get into the system? You got to. We, well You got to get into. To be the, fair, nobody has. Any no point. one has a clue. You have to get into into the like medical system. Yeah. And they got. We still haven't done it here. We've just gone to private clinics. I'm like, <laughs> I can't go to the public. I don't want to deal that. with it. <laughs> Christy's not here. Yeah. So I remember going with her and we we wanted to this might get more complaints than anything on our podcast. So my wife and I simply do a oh. a delayed vaccine schedule. <laughs> We don't, we're not we are not like anti, and we're not going to start the whole thing. But we do do a delayed, like a slower one than kind of the recommended. All right, and all we wanted, uh-huh. and so we had to fill out this form that essentially said, like, you acknowledge that you are purposely killing your children. I mean, sort of, like that's what it – and we had to – and so Christy took me there to the polyclinic to get some of this stuff done. And it's zooey, and it's hot, and we went into this room, and I just remember – the color of the face of the nurse <laughs> who was trying to help us. Who That lady knows Christy. And she was and, sweaty. She, yeah. She was beet red. And she was just talking at an elevated volume. <laughs> and I was feeling like, you know, my, I'm in my like reptilian fight or flight brain. Like, well, something's wrong. And Christy was just like cheerful. And it got done so fast. And like she kind of helped the lady come down.
0: Change the face color of the face.
1: Yeah, from deep red to sort of a light pink. <laughs> anyway, I was so impressed by her bearing. It's affected how I've uh, tried to do. Oh, man. Do. We've learned the hard way. Yeah,
0: That lady has since retired. We miss her because we don't get things done as fast health now. health problems.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hypertension. Oh,
0: man. Yeah, so I put a big asterisk after this point because if all of that fails, if you stand in line, if you uh, assume your position, <laughs> if you do all the like interactions with people and then you get to the front of the line, they send you to another uh, office where you have to get something done and you come back and it still wasn't done right and you cannot fix your problem. If you have a friend or an acquaintance who works in that building, who is somehow yes. connected or related connected connected to that line of work or related to a person in that line of work you can get it done immediately immediately yes with and so breathtaking speed that's one of those things russians always joke about that they'll say you know we we know this country isn't perfect
1: but thing if you know somebody here you can get it done fast get things done fast and that is awesome it's it's really important in dagestan here when we first arrived and i was doing documentations with our documentation with our landlord He took me to a notary and they're all looking at me like this foreigner to get something done. And I could tell he was very clearly like, he said to them, it was someone he knew. Yeah. In fact, we drove past other notaries. He's like, oh, we got an argument with that guy's son at a (laughs) wedding. Like, I don't know if it's cooled down yet. No, let's keep going to another notary. So I went to another one where he knew someone and, and they're like, what do you need? He's like, this is our, this is. Our new renter, he is a foreigner. And then he said with emphasis, like, and he is our guest. And they were like, Oh, okay. Like he's mm, with you. Yeah. And I'm not sure what that opened up, you know, but yeah, there was no there really no real questions after that. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Right. I'm his guest, people.
0: <laughs> what he said. I'm, I'm with wait. him. Sorry. That's awesome.
1: There's so many stories like this. Oh and man. It really, I think it is something that you feel in some industries and in some places I mean, obviously in anywhere in the world business you know it's yeah. connections and who you know yeah. it just really permeates this culture top to bottom and you can feel like it's very stark compared to mm-hmm. the official way which right. is sometimes impossible
0: yes yeah it's really difficult yeah so Conflict of interest, uh, you can throw that out the window here. Um,
1: <laughs> Confluence of interest is what we like that, to call that's it. That's what we're looking for here. <laughs> yeah, um, so, okay. So that's, so that's standing in
0: line. Yes. Now The art and science. You cannot stand in line in Russia unless you have your document folder with you.
1: So when we're talking documents, what are we
0: talking? I mean, we're talking basically... The originals and the copies of every potential, like, identification document, uh, anything having to do with, you know, previous bills paid, and something proving what you need, you know?
1: So let me put it this way. In one of our classes, we got into a conversation about, like, if, you, if your house is on fire, you know, and our teacher was like, oh, yes, you have to always be ready. If the house is burning down, you grab your children, your documents, and run. <laughs> oh my gosh like that she didn't even pause she didn't have any question yeah you knew what was important in the wow. house it wasn't the photos
0: <laughs> not the
1: iphone not the not iphone the not the jewelry <laughs> it was the kids that's good <laughs> the document oh, folder man. like you may as well just stay in the house if you don't have your documents yeah
0: <laughs> i mean in end. russia there's a document for everything um oh. and there's different levels of like uh legitimizing or authorizing something that you often need until before you can get something done
1: and some people don't even know about these in the u.s
0: right right and so uh you'll often in public see people walking around the only thing they'll have in their hand is a it's a little envelope or what do you call those folder like a clear folder yeah like with a little plastic snaps yeah with their documents in them. And that if you see that, they're going to get something done. They're going to stand in line. Or not done. And show those documents. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I have a little just list of (laughs) how do you handle the documents before you go to stand in line. (laughs) All right. So first, number one, you must meticulously gather all possible documents at home before you go to stand in line. And I mean all. If you have any inkling of a question that, this certain document might be needed. Like that you exist. Bring the original, bring a copy. Um, and you know, especially with having kids like birth certificates, health records.
1: Oh man. Vaccination records. Passports, visas, your registration, your migration card. That's just the documents. But for foreigners, you can't just bring the document. Oh man. You've got to bring a translation of the document. Yes. So
0: here's the order. I mean, there's so many layers here. So many layers. There's, in America, the highest level of kind of stamp and authorizing of something, it's called an apostille.
1: Apis, apostille, apostille, or, yeah. And it looks like the word, well, apostle. But anyway, I-L-L-E at the end. Yes. It's from, created by the Hague Convention uh-huh. in 1910 19- to help <laughs> these countries recognize each other's documentation. Yes. So if you have a federal-level document, which is a passport, you don't need an apostille because... yes. You can't get it. It's like it's already higher than that. But any state level document, which would be birth certificate, marriage certificate, driver's license, yep, those have to get apostilled in order to be recognized here. So, um,
0: certain documents you need apostilled, and you can only do that
1: in, in your home US. country.
0: Right? Yeah. Then, uh, before you go here, so here you, the notary is the person who. That's the, like, stamp of blessing and approval right. of Vladimir Putin himself. Yes. Like, you need that notary stamp. But often as a foreigner, before you go to the notary, you've got to get a document translated uh, by a professional translator whose, like, license will be, certification will be accepted by the notary.
1: Yes, and this is key. So you have to get the, the, the trans, translator has to stamp it and yes. sign it. yes. Then you take the translation whose number is recognized by the notary We then looked at the documents and then the notary takes a bigger stamp and stamps it.
0: And often I found this is key.
1: You want to go to the notary that the translator knows. I bet (laughs) you could measure like a release of serotonin in the (laughs) brains of Russians just like Pavlov's dog, just from the sound of that stamp. Like I bet you could put headphones, I bet we could we should do the study. It's like oh (laughs) Oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, I got stamped. I'll tell you what,
0: you know, in a lot of these places in Russia, these more bureaucratic places, you'll Just often meet everywhere. uh middle aged to older Russian women, and th- your fate is in their hands. They you, know it. Yeah. And sometimes, like, often what'll happen is it'll be like kind of an abrupt encounter in the beginning but as you like are there for a while you start talking and you're not hot ask about their kids they ask (laughs) about your kids by the end you can like have gotten to know them especially if you go back regularly and you end up having a great relationship there is one lady in (laughs) Petigorsk who I literally fear her um man she like brings the wrath to like every
1: client (laughs) Well, that's good to know, because she brought it to me, and then I moved. <laughs> Never to go back. Because, it was so bad you moved to Mahachkala. Well, basically, I mean, so we got yelled at by it, some I was, so, <laughs> birth certificates are state-level documents, but when you're born abroad, yes. you take your local birth certificate, send it to the embassy, and you get what's called a consular report of birth abroad, which uh-huh. is not technically a birth certificate, but it's... The same thing, the but highest it's, level document you can it's get. a federal document, it's yeah. not a state level document, yeah and I was just being like at gunpoint told I needed to have this asteed by this notary, mm. and I was trying to explain like it's not possible i've called the like i've tried. I was trying to like lay out my case. She finally burst out. So I was talking to her secretary and then yes. secretary would go in. The secretary and is really the nice. The door was shut and like And, yeah. and she come out like, <laughs> you have to. I was like, I can't do it. And, temperature, and she, finally the lady came out herself. Oh. It was like <laughs> Cruella DeVille. Big mistake. Anyway, I left and went to another notary and I got it done. Who did it? Yeah. And that's yeah. the thing. Like different
0: notaries have like different uh, levels of patience for this kind of thing. In that same notary uh, her kind of right-hand lady, she'll often uh, get all the documents prepared before you, you send, get sent into to the, la- the top lady to get stamped. And one time, I needed an apostilled document. I had it translated notarized. I had it translated and apostilled, and I needed it notarized. And she told me they wouldn't rece- re- accept my apostilled document. And yep. this lady, I've been to her a couple times. She was nice.
1: The, you're talking about the... The right-hand...
0: The right-hand... Lady, hand right-hand, right-hand person. Right. And I just calmly said to her, like, with a smile of disbelief on my face, like, you understand there's no higher possible document I could bring you for this. You understood. Like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. And she said, I'm sorry, you're going to have to go to another note." That's right. Because- <laughs> That's what she
1: told me too. It's Just, <laughs> I've seen this before. Just go somewhere else. But I think
0: for her... It was more, she knew her boss wouldn't do it. right? And so, but yeah, at least she sent us to the right, another notary who
1: did it. But once you've got that notary stamp on there, I'm telling you, Ursula, contract, like, you can blast that thing. Oh, man. And you're good to go. Yes. But people, so here's the other thing, Andrew. This I love. You forgot one of the essentials with documents. All documents... All documents in Russia must be protected and the chosen revealed mode of document protection are cellophane sheet protectors with three Ah, holes on the side. Yes. You know, like made by Avery or whatever. Oh yeah. You know, that are like 0.3 microns thin, you know, and you're like rubbing them together (laughs) to open them and you slide the document in. Yep. That's right. Everyone uses them. That's right. They use them like their Kevlar. I mean, they use them like these things are going to carry this document into well, perpetuity. And I'm like, it's really inconvenient because you have to like slip the yeah, things over and yeah, it's made for like a binder, this. which they don't use people. So I was like, what if someone made just like an actual document uh-huh. thing that really worked better? <laughs> everywhere? So
0: don't question the Kevlar case. <laughs> they're great. That's awesome. Yeah. I forgot about that. So, I'm going to tell one story. Uh, This is is getting long, but like always, but we'll wrap it up soon. Uh, When we bought, this was 2016, we bought an apartment in Pitygorsk. And it took me about one year (laughs) to get (laughs) every single document changed from the owner's name, the previous owner's name, into our name. Yep. And I just found out recently there's still a document that needs to be (laughs) changed.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: But. One of the places I had to go, I had to go to a place that does a floor plan of the whole apartment, and I honestly don't even remember what I needed the floor plan for. Oh, the gas. Yeah. The gas department required it. It was part of their required documents to get everything changed. So I go to the floor plan place, and uh, they said, all right, go um, do this electronic like bank wire to this account number. And then once the money hits our account, then we can do the bank floor plan. And so it's like, I can't just pay you cash. Or I, I didn't actually ask. Can I pay uh, okay. you cash? So always ask. Always ask. So I went across town to an ATM machine, <laughs> did the wire. I came back to them. I said I did the wire. And they were like, oh, We didn't get it. And they started looking. They were like, Oh, uh, I I I can't remember if they gave me the wrong number or if I entered a wrong number, but it went to their uh, uh basically their branch in kaliningrad oh. which is an a separate part of russia in europe <laughs> it's a little it's like you know between latvia it's and like they hawaii Poland and germany <laughs> and kind of. she looked at she started explaining to me how we could get that money back <laughs> i mean it was just going to take forever and she then she just looked at me and was like I'm going to be honest. You're probably not going to get
1: that money. Back. Oh, man. I think it was
0: like $35 or something. Yeah. And I just looked at her and said, I just want to get this floor plan done today. Can you help me with that? There you go. And her expression changed. Yes. I call it the look of mercy. Oh. <laughs> I think because I was a foreigner, that probably helped a little.
1: And they don't hear that. Frankly, people just don't comport themselves that way in general. Like, I need help. (laughs) That's just not a phrase you hear ever. And so she said, do you want to get this done today? And I said, I'll
0: do whatever it takes to get done today. Call my cousin. And so she said, all right, can you pay in cash? And in my head, I was like, why didn't you say that at first? But I was like, yes. Yes. She said, all right, paying cash right now. She'll go to your apartment right now with you in a taxi, do the floor plan, bring her back, uh, and we'll have it done.
1: It's the key person. It's, it's <laughs> tipping the, the scales <laughs> with that key person, the gatekeeper. The thing is, this system is so stacked and so top-heavy. Yeah, yeah. A lot of countries are like this, but everyone answers to someone yeah. with equal absolute authority over them. And so if someone's in a bad mood or is a bad person, then they wield their authority like yeah, a weapon. Yeah, and yeah. if they're in a good mood or you know, then they can get it done just like that. But it's cuz the whole thing like top yeah. to do- top to bottom is is so kind of locked in that way. Yeah. You got the look I love it the look of mercy. Oh man. I remember her look.
0: To, that was over 3 years ago and I remember. There are other me looks kidding <laughs> You want to go for the look of mercy.
1: <laughs> right. The look yeah. of you must have brain damage. So, did you
0: have any You have any look of mercy stories?
1: Um, I'm still kind of... Your look my... of wrath stories are better. I,
0: I <laughs> have some
1: of the look of wrath <laughs> stories.
0: In, in your defense, I have plenty of failure stories in this realm I could share. So, <laughs> but it's the good stuff we like to talk about.
1: Maybe mine are more spectacular. <laughs> um, Went down in a ball of... What is that? Ball of fire. <laughs> ball of fire. Oh, I have one. Yeah. Just one. I want to hear it. When our fourth child was born in Russia, he had a Russian birth certificate. It's not like the U.S. He's not a Russian citizen, nor are we. But uh, so we had to send away for his consular report, consular report of birth abroad. Yeah. And we also had to register. Well, they had to get the birth certificate. We had to register at the um, local. What does ZAX even stand for?
0: It's the wedding place. What it's do you the, call that? Y-
1: yeah, the wedding place. The, <laughs> That's where they give the, marriage certificates. The, yeah. They issue marriage and certificates. And birth certificates because he yeah. was born at home, not in a hospital. So we lacked, we, we lacked the, what the hospital would have given us. So we went with our midwife who was our, our witness. And that was fine. That's legal. <laughs> but my passport, I had used my middle initial, <laughs> which in the U.S., I look back and I'm like, yeah, I guess I just you can just do that. They're like, what do you want your name to be on your passport? And for some reason, I decided to use my middle initial. I thought it was faster. I don't know what. <laughs> and I've been using that for, you know, two years in country. Your wife is still asking that question to this And then day. they look at my birth, at my marriage certificate. It has my full middle name. And, like, as her eyes went over to the marriage certificate and she saw it, she basically, like, dropped the documents and leaned back and crossed her arms. Like, I can't do this. What do you mean you can't do this? We only have so much time. It's like, yeah, but you have different. You, like, oh. Your names are different. I'm like, oh. I... I Ah, uh, I, I mean, look what I do. Oh man. And and for her, it was just like, she may as well have been filing her nails. I mean, it was like, yeah, it is impossible. I mean, There's no conversation. There's nothing. It was just like, you may as well be like Count Dracula for all I know, because the, <laughs> this is an initial and this is a name. I mean, I could have, you know, wow. like something doesn't fit end of story. So I had to get basically a permission slip from the embassy. I called the embassy I was, and they're like, "Yeah, OK, <laughs> we'll send you a letter." So they write this whole letter in English and Russian on Embassy Letterhead. Uh-huh. Which footnote, by the way, the funniest thing to me about embassies is that all U.S. embassies use U.S letters shape paper, eight uh-huh. and a half by 11 yeah. inches, yeah even overseas, where every document is A4, which is a little uh-huh. skinnier, a little taller. So when you get that US document oh, no. You know it's U.S. because it doesn't fit anywhere. It doesn't in, fit in the Kevlar, the Kevlar cases. It doesn't fit in the binders. It sticks out a little too high and it just, it's like, nope, we have a different, anyway. So, they send these and it's like, lit and it's signed and stamped and they're like, dear whomever, we just want to let you know that in our culture it is possible to use your middle initial and you're still like the same human and, <laughs> and they're like, okay. And after that, Oh, she just accepted it like that. Well, wow, it took a week or two of, like, calling them yeah, seeing yeah, them, yeah. mailing it down and <laughs> me paying for postage and all this. <laughs> you know, and are like, oh, now you tell us. So when I renewed my passport, suffice it to say, I got my full but, on Hey, there.
0: lesson learned. Yeah. That's awesome. I just looked up what Zox stands for. So this is where, this is where the Russian wedding happens. Like it's, a judge of the peace. Yeah, ju- justice of the peace. Justice yeah. of the peace. It stands for Zapisi Aktiv Graždanskova Sosteynaya.
1: I mean, I've asked locals that they don't know what it stands for. Hey, now we know. <laughs> Basically, justice of the peace. So, if you want to get stuff done, <laughs> ask Andrew. We should write a book about this.
0: Dude. We have so much experience. How to.
1: How to.
0: All
1: right, one last victory story. Yes. I went to... Send this out on a high note. In Mahashkala... My landlord, once we rented, she said, Well, I'm leaving. And every time I leave the country, I have to register with my landlord. It's like you're leaving? She's like, Yeah, we're moving to Moscow. I'm like, whoa. Uh, go. So she signed. We get we go to the notary. We get documents signed over to her sister who is local, so she can go with me every time I come back in the country and yeah, register me. And yep. da da da. We go there. We have our pile of papers. We go to the guy and he looks at everything and he's like this power of attorney is useless and hands it back to me. And my world starts falling apart. You know, <laughs> tunnel vision and the wall. No. And, he's like, and he's like, she doesn't need to be here. Like, What do you mean she is you? Because I have an official rental agreement. He says, you can register yourself. And the aunt was out of there in an instant. Oh, yeah. I am a piece. He definitely she, didn't want to be bailed. there. And he's like, just put your name here and here. I've done it again. I walk in. It takes me seven minutes. That is amazing. I was like, I'm here to register myself. I declare that I'm here, <laughs> and he looks at all, and it's like, yep, and stamp, serotonin in the brain, you know, or dopamine, that's the word, we- and I'm out of there.
0: That is amazing. We, we won't even discuss if you can do that in other parts of Russia, mm. but the
1: fact is, you are doing it here. The fact that I've said it that guy probably you. means next time it's not going to happen. <laughs> they're they're, like, they're going to get wind of it, Did you hear what happened down there? By, by the end of 2019. We need to tighten this ship up. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for bearing with us on our. This is just really, you know, about us, not you. It's just <laughs> briefing and getting all the stories out and no. Hey, that was,
0: those were all real life glimpses into kind of the more mundane, but parts of life here. Andrew,
1: I guarantee you, you are the first person ever to write an, a list of etiquette rules for standing in line <laughs> in Russia. Ever.
0: I need to make this into a blog or something at least.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, this will sell. <laughs> niche niche blog. It'll sell to, to, to people who have ever tasted. Travel tips to
0: Russian dole. Okay. You guys can't, can't talk anymore. Have a
1: happy holiday season.
0: Yes. All right. So it's mid-December right now we're releasing this. We will be in touch with you guys about what, how the start of 2020 is going to look. But thanks for listening. Um, I would love to hear some good document stories from some of our listeners. L- let a rip. Or things we missed from you locals who <laughs> know how this works better than us. Um, so reach out to us anytime. Email us at podcast at caucus talk.com. Um, We love hearing from you. We're starting to hear from folks on our Facebook page. Uh, so if you're not a subscriber, check us out caucus talk. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you. This was episode 64 of caucus talk, your source for culture, history and tourism in the North Caucasus
1: mountains of Russia. Documents in hand. See you when you get here.